0: Welcome to Agile in Toronto at Night, a Badass Agile show. This is a place where you can join in on the conversations, the ideas, and meet the people who are shaping the Agile scene here in our great city. This week, I'm featuring an old colleague of mine, Oyen Kinsani, is an Agile and transformation coach for one of the world's largest consulting firms. She's a rising star on the scene. Her ambition and her passion for agility is unmatched. And if you haven't heard of her yet, you're about to. So look, our table's ready. I've ordered us a few drinks. Come and join us as I welcome my friend, Oinkin Sani. (laughs) Oinkin, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Chris?
0: I'm wonderful. It's great to see you. Absolutely. Oinkin, how are you managing through this time? Everything's changed. You're working at one of the big downtown offices. How are you adapting to the changing conditions?
1: You know, it's um, it's definitely different. But if you had asked me this question, Chris, maybe four weeks ago, the answer might be different. But I think I'm uh, adapted to this new way we're working. So I'll say I'm doing very fine.
0: You feel good about it?
1: I do actually.
0: I'm glad now I do. <laughs> yeah, it was scary at first?
1: Scary at first. At first, you know, it was more of what is happening, what's going on in the world, but now it's it's um it's sort of come to the point where I'm able to count my blessings, you know? More of um I'm able to have more time with the kids. Awesome. We never used to do like uh sit down dinners, we do that every day. Wow. So
0: That's fantastic. It's been okay. Well, listen, let's grab your drink. Cheers. Good to see you.
1: Yeah, same here. Good to see you.
0: All right. Tell me a little bit about what you've been up to, because we used to work together, and you're one of my favorite people to work with. From the day I met you, you had a giant (laughs) smile on your face, and you were so welcoming and so cool, and you challenged me on day one. It's like, you're going to pronounce my name correctly by the end of this meeting, (laughs) and I never forgot it. I remember that. Right? (laughs) So get, I
1: remember that.
0: What a great day that was. Get me up to date on what's new, because I haven't really worked with you in, let's call it six eight months.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. It, it's been, it's been really good, and you, you definitely, you're one of those people um, I'll never forget because, you know, coming into our practice and just, you know, changing the way we think about. Delivery has just it's just changed, you know, our paradigm, and and it's been great. And the the seeds that you've sown has definitely germinated and it's spread. And you know, just to give you a quick, you know, 360. So we're still very we're still definitely on our agile journey. We're still going down that path, and um, we we started planning the change canvas before you left Mm -hmm. so that is something that we've kicked off and uh, we've taken it to eight teams right now so we're we're almost done with that so that's going strong and one thing that i just thought to 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 mention was it was on friday and i was talking to somebody from human capital and and she was like so really well what is what is agile? Because, you know, I'm confused. And, you know, she went on and on. And (laughs) I said, I said, think about it. And she, she, she made a point. She said, no matter how well I become agile, if the people I'm working with don't understand it, you know, we're still not going to move, you know, forward. We're not going to move the dial. And I, and I said, think about agile as though it's about happiness, because if you're able to do what you can, knowing that, you know, you're putting the most important things forward, knowing that you're moving the dial, that you're using your Agile mindset, you will be happy knowing that you may not be able to change the world, but you can change that piece of, the, of your world that affects somebody else. And she just nodded and she was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. And I think that just resonated with her about the Agile, you know, the happiness. <laughs> um, and I, And I actually do believe that because it was something you had said um, when you were with us about you know, better focus, happier clients, happier teams, making better things. So technically, uh, if we're able to be agile and think with an agile mindset, we'll definitely have a happier uh, perspective and outlook on what we're doing and on life.
0: That's great. No, I like the way you put it, that it's it's kind of like happiness. That's a great way to sum it up. Let me, let me ask you this question. When, when you and I first started working together, you were new to Agile. And you have obviously learned a lot since that time. So what are some of the things that, you know, I have a philosophy on Agile. I have a specific way of looking at it. But what's, what's emerged for you?
1: Yeah, you know, to, to answer that question, I'll say in the words of Lao Tzu, the journey of a thousand miles begin with a single step. So you're right, I had heard about Agile before meeting you, but I wasn't a practitioner, I wasn't using it, and I've been taking one baby step at a time, and I never claimed to be an expert, but the more I use it, the more I realize, you know, this is something that I, this is how I like to think, this is how I like to work, this is how I like to see progress, and I like to see that, you know, we're putting the most important things first we're making it human-centered we're putting people in the heart of what we do so yeah for me i'll i'll say that it's it's definitely um agile is a philosophy that people should take note of and if if you haven't heard about it or you haven't investigated it it's something that you should definitely look into
0: now, where do you think it is headed for the organization? Once you get back, what do you think will change? Do you think it will impact the rate at which Agile is spreading or the places where it was becoming adopted, or do you think it'd be somehow interrupted?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't, you had uh, said when we go back, I don't know when we will go back, um, but what I know is that work hasn't stopped. Right. And the people that have no idea what agile is uh, and say they're being agile would always be there. But I, I still don't tell them they're wrong because I would rather they use the term, which means that they do have um, some kind of passion about what agile is. They may not know. So my job is to ensure that I make available instances where they can learn about what agile is and see how they can use it in their day-to-day life so you know promoting that growth mindset and just making available like training and and thought leadership is where i and my team have come in in the organization
0: and i know you'd be good at that because you're a teacher you're a helper all those wonderful qualities that you have, uh, do you find that, I don't know, is it moving past IT at this point? Or do you think large organizations will always have a bit of a challenge finding room for it elsewhere, outside the technical?
1: It's a really good question, Chris. It has moved past IT, like the Innovation Lab and... Um So any organization that has a space that they call innovation would always like the idea of Agile. Now, to what degree they will use the concept is another thing. So being able to use a little bit of it, I believe that can happen in big big organizations, but being able to use it in its entirety will be difficult because um, there there is a lot of processes and standards and gateways that large organizations have put in place that just being able to make a switch um, it'll be difficult to change everyone's mindset at once but I I still see it happening it's just going to take a while
0: what are some of the the things that you notice that maybe? are unique to large organizations and adopting agile because you struck on an interesting point when you said it can't go everywhere we can't paint all the corners but we're going to get as much of the room done as we can as makes sense do you think that's a challenge unique to big multinational organizations uh,
1: I think it's a challenge unique to human beings and Ooh, uh,
0: I can't believe you just said that Ooh, tell uh, me more about that
1: you know, it, it's it's more of a it's more of a human condition where we just like to stay with what we know, and no matter how much we we've been told or we've read or we've seen that someone else can help, until we 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 get to try it out and just open ourselves to the opportunities. It, it's it's um, it doesn't happen overnight, but. Yeah. Um, one thing that has really worked for us though is teaching the agile mindset so when we try to go to like a da or a scrum or um, a safe you know p- people you can see like their eyes cloud over and they they, they just they, we've lost we've lost them but when we're talking about you know, like the agile ceremonies or the manifesto doing the most important things first and seeing how, you know, you, you should definitely value the collaboration over the negotiation. People can relate to that and they can easily try that. And um, a lot of people, you know, everybody's so busy. Everybody's so, so busy. And <laughs> yeah. I wonder what we're doing that yeah. the time to actually learn the theory is... Is not there for um, for majority of people. So, uh, what has worked uh, for me when trying to um, share this gospel is uh, talk to them about the mindset and use speak to them in their language. Like use what they're going through and then talk to them about that. That has you know made it really stick. And yeah, I didn't mention this to you, but um, L and D reached out and said we had done. <clears throat> Uh, a lunch and learn while while you were still with us mm-hmm. that we it was titled failing fast or so and they just really liked that concept and wanted us to do a whole series on failing fast nice. and embracing failure. So those kind of keys to agile success is easy to spread. Um, from time to time, I wonder. I don't want to give people just you know the <clears throat> happy go lucky part of agile without the real work. But I would rather people still embrace that than nothing at all.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned learning and development or L&D and then you mentioned like an innovation lab or an innovation arm. Do you, have you found since you've been pretty much leading the practice at this point, have you found that there's areas of the organization that's more amenable? Like if if you had to give advice to someone who is starting a large scale transformation, where to focus and where to wait. Do you have any insight on that or is it just you never sometimes it feels like it's just a networking exercise and you meet who you meet and people are interested who will be interested but have you noticed any patterns at all
1: yeah if you're starting a large uh, transformation which uh we, we we recently started actually initially i wanted everything to be agile so i spent um about a few days to a week just putting together an agile strategy that um we could use And, you know, just what I found out was that some tools that I had suggested that would make work visible, you know, would sort of send you emails to know when you need to do things. People just didn't want to use it. And, um, but other things like the daily standup, like the the retrospective every week, people were embracing those parts of of the suggestion. So just being able to understand um, your customer, especially in a big transformation, understand who you're serving and understand what they can, what they can do and what they're willing to do, what part of Agile they're willing to take and just quickly, you know, changing, you know, being fluid to change tactic to ensure that it's smooth. That has really worked for us.
0: Wow. I was reading the State of Agile report, just came out this week. And one of the things that's interesting is they break down which among the agile practices people are adopting. So it's not a question of who's taking Scrum versus who's taking Kanban versus who takes Lean or XP. It's who's adopting standups. And of course, standups is, as you observe, the number one. Everyone's pretty much doing standups, 80 plus percent. What people who are doing agile who aren't doing standups are doing, I have no idea, I don't want to (laughs) ask. And then after that, it's, it's demos and retrospectives, I think. But the one that n- nobody never gets mentioned is backlog grooming. Right. So we, we have a ton of agile adoption, but we still don't really have a structured way of making a list of all the things we want, even though we may not get them now. And that I'm starting to wonder, does that mean that people are saying, well, I want all of it? so there's no point in grooming a backlog just give me everything or are people just not being hygienic about the practice meaning they're still doing possibly a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing they're not valuable because you mentioned meet the customers where they are find out where what their struggles are find out how you can serve so it's neat to hear you say that bring them the practices let them adopt them slowly and start coming towards agility because I think too often we push people to try to adopt the practices. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I, I, and you're totally right. And I feel that personalities also play a key role here. When a lot of organizations talk about they've been trying to adopt agile since, you know, 1980 something, you can't force anyone to do anything they don't want to do that's right you know no matter how wonderful a scrum master you are if you're pushing down things that people are not ready to adopt the project will fail so that flexibility and fluidity is extremely important now to when you talked about the backlog grooming of course we need to prioritize and prioritize stories and refine and adjust and all those great stuff the way we've done it Uh, is we've, for the transformation, I'm just using that as an example because that's a big one. Um, We've talked about decisions, like ideas. (laughs) All the ideas we have, just put it here. And then decisions made, you know, which is how we're prioritizing what is going forward. All the decisions made now in another bucket. Basically, it's, you know, imagine we had... 500 ideas, and of the 500 ideas which are going to go in different streams and buckets, we have 100 decisions made. So, this is our way of doing backlog grooming because of those, b- before even reaching a decision, we would have refined, would have adjusted, we would have asked, you know, person A and B and C, what do you think, you know, and then we'll now start saying, of this 100, you know, if our budget gets cut off today, which one should we do? And with that, we're able to prioritize it in a way that makes sense and then put gates you know, around it and knowing which is going to go first and then which is going to go next. And of course, there are times we, we start and then, you know, the the person, our customer would say, hey, I, I would like to make a change and we'll, we'll try to accommodate as best as possible for the next time around. So, but. But yes, backlog grooming is still ha- is still happening. And I, I think the reason why people don't mention it is because that is really where the work is. And yeah. you have to get content to us. It's not a dictatorship. So That's true.
0: That's very simple. true. Yeah. That someone has to be able to balance all of the different needs of the different stakeholders who invariably are involved. So even though there's really meant to be one product owner, it's not quite that simple. Right. Now here's what's interesting about you is that you went from being that smiley happy you're still a smiley happy person but you went from being that very green person when I first met you to now being a leader in a very large scale as I mentioned global organization if you had to give advice to someone who's like you now the way you were back then what would you tell them about the skills they need to develop and the attitudes they have to have?
1: Okay so Chris, if I am doing well today, as in this is a testament to you because you have always been my agile coach, you know, all through. I don't mean to interrupt you,
0: but I'm going to say it's not true. And I'll tell you why, because I coached a lot (laughs) of people and they didn't all do what you did.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, But yes, actually, I did have a very good coach. uh, So that helped because no matter how the, the, um, what you called the... How if your head is in the right place and you're really open, and that's what I well I love to learn. And when I see something that I want, I try to go after it and and learn and absorb as much as possible. Because why not? Right. <laughs> so I really just don't get it when there is just knowledge to be, you know, imbibed and people are walking away from that. It just sounds like uh, craziness to me. So um, it's it's been open to learning and open to feedback and open to doing it knowing that you're not an expert and you might fail and then you have to try again and then you have to try again and then asking questions and you know getting feedback and you know having someone you can run ideas by is also very important knowing that they will they have more knowledge and more you know uh, years of experience down their belt and they'll be able to give you you know point in the right direction and give you you know, the right tools and uh, techniques to set you up. So that's what i would say to anyone who's trying to, to start out. Um, if you're able to use those those points I just gave, I, yeah. I, I believe you'll be successful.
0: So a positive attitude, a love of learning, willing to try and fail.
1: Yes, and, and definitely having someone, maybe a mentor, a coach, or somebody that you can run ideas by would also help.
0: Good point, that's a really, really good point. And you had a lot of good coaches, it wasn't just me. But yes, you're, absolutely. I mean, you, you had bosses in your organization who clearly understood yeah. your potential and your drive and your will and your attitude, and they, you know, granted opportunities. And that's, once you had the opportunity, there was no stopping you.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and I've been lucky, honestly, because my, my boss is a super rock star. Like, she, I know. she makes things happen. I know. Yeah. It's fantastic.
0: Now, where would you go with Agile next? Imagine for whatever reason that your company decides you know after this COVID thing we're just going to shut everything down we're not interested in continuing what kinds of things would you look for next
1: uh when you say that because that's a loaded uh you know like a statement like they're shutting the agile piece of it they're just another company they okay, well, the team. Like-
0: put it to you this way what problem would you like to solve next you've had some time in learning agile you've had some time trying to spread it in large scale organization you know, where where you have a slower change process if you could start all over and do it again somewhere else or some in a different capacity, what would you like to try? Uh,
1: that's a great question. I have so many things I would like to try but um, I will really like to try to uh, men- mentor Scrum Masters mm. so that they just have that flexibility and fluidity to just understand their, their customers and just realize that yes, we do want to implement Agile and we do want to run agile projects, but we have to be people centered. We have to try to humanize the experience and understand what people want and understand how, how people are willing to bend because I I hear about, you know, organizations and they say, Oh, we tried Agile and you failed and you know, they don't want to and I'm thinking, you know, why is it failing? Why is it failing? And I realize it's because, well, I might not be 100% accurate, but you know that the we, we always blame leadership. We, we didn't have enough support and all that. But how about the the Scrum Master? That was just pretty rigid
0: right. and
1: just wasn't meeting people right. where they were. So that is definitely a message I would like to to share with Scrum Masters in the hopes that if they're able to just you know, widen their horizon in understanding the uh, people, human beings, better uh, will be able to have more successful um, agile adoption in companies and that would lead to more uh, spread of a wider spread of agile across the world, really.
0: You know, you just dropped something pretty major there. If you think about it, you just said it's common to blame leadership for not being open-minded enough but are we really pointing the mirror at ourselves and saying, to what extent are we just trying to be so rigidly agile that we're unable to help people where they are? Right. I think it's that's really wise because I think a lot of people could benefit from that because sometimes it's very easy to blame the other person, but it's very difficult to reflect that back upon ourselves and saying, to what extent am I the one who's too rigid and too rooted in rules and the way we've always done things. So now are you continuing to study? Oh, yes. In Agile, are you taking more courses? Is there any areas that interest you?
1: Everything. I just try to, uh, I, tr- I always feel I probably don't know enough and I can do better and I can know more and I can try different things and I can see, you know. So every time I, I do listen to Agile podcasts, Uh, The Badass Agile is a great one.
0: Well, it's the best one to start with.
1: Yeah, just in case you've never heard of it. Just in case. I'm going to check it (laughs) out. As soon as we get
0: off, as soon as we get done with dinner, I'm going to go and get that. uh, I'm going to put that on my playlist.
1: Yeah, awesome. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so the truth is, you know, I have two kids and, you know, I have a... I have just so much going on that I do want to study, you know, more than I have time to. So having... know knowledge in a form of something i can listen to has really helped me
0: yeah bite-sized education what's your what's your thoughts on that
1: oh yeah that's that's really amazing like you know i'm just having lunch and before i finish eating my food i've learned some new concepts how awesome is that
0: and didn't didn't you do something back at the office yourself a bite-sized learning program that i think you were starting at one point how's that how's that what's the response been
1: Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, you wouldn't believe it, but we're having more people join, uh, like, bite-sized, launch and learn now that we're home than when we were in the office.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I don't know. Initially, I thought maybe people were just bored, you know, like, there's nothing to do. Maybe. And just thought, well, maybe let's just do- jump, jump in. And and then I thought maybe uh, they're not sure. Sh- I-, I don't even know. I just didn't want to <laughs> think. All of a sudden, they just had a mind change.
0: I have a thought. I wonder if it isn't because when you're at the office, you're walking to and from your next meeting, what have you, and someone's always like, hey, what's going on? How was the weekend? Like, there's always someone who's catching you and wanting to spend some social time. And now we don't really have that. Meeting starts, you know, when the Zoom call starts and meeting ends when the Zoom call ends and there's no moving around. There's, you know, what we used to do, you and I used to go down the elevator and hit the Starbucks and grab a coffee. Right, and and kind of make social time and meeting time blend into one, and that doesn't exist anymore. I wonder if people, it's not so much people are now getting more curious, but perhaps back then we just felt we couldn't spare the time.
1: You're you're right. Yeah, it's it's. I'm sure it's definitely some of that. Um, You're right. You know, because like lunch and learns happened during you know, lunch time when people would want to go downstairs. And even if they wanted to join, you know, they might get stuck in the food court or, you know, and talking to someone, but now, you know, it's everyone is home. So we're getting more people and we're trying to keep them, um, you know, educated and have fun at the same time so that we, hopefully we will change the world one person at a time.
0: Well, you, you said it begins the, the journey of a thousand steps begins with, how did you say it? And i Uh, read lao tzu every day but this is not my favorite lao tzu quote but it's the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step
1: exactly with a single step
0: and so it is i believe with growth that if you try to bully or push all of the transformation in one shot by having the entire organization sit up straight and obey and adopt these agile principles you're gonna have mayhem i don't think it'll work Right. Now, you brought up something interesting in talking about why bite-sized learning sessions are more well attended now. There seems to be a lot that we're learning about things that we assumed to be true, that Mm -hmm. once we're no longer able to co-locate, be together physically, be out in public, we're learning, hey, we actually can do without. We were wrong. Things are possible that we didn't think were possible. Yes. So I'm wondering if there's any stuff that you're seeing, whether it's your personal life or your your work life or or agile life, are there things about this forced disconnect that all of a sudden made you realize, oh, hey, we actually can make time for this. This is actually possible. There's no such thing as can't do.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I have quite a few. So I always felt, you know, going to the office, like when I'm in the office, I'm on my A game. I get work done. I... But now I, I'm still as effective, even if not more so, and I'm not going to the office at all. So that's something I had thought um, wouldn't work, and it's working perfectly. I'm not in the office at all, and I'm getting like a lot of work done, like great work done. Awesome. And um, I never really used to have time for exercise, and I used to oh, tell myself, yeah. mm-hmm. going up and down the stairs, you know, in my house, or just you know, running to pick the kids. From activities was exercise enough, but now I have time. Isn't that great? it's so great. You, I have. Time. Are
0: you doing uh, at home stuff?
1: Yes, what I'm doing, doing at home. So, I do yoga with uh, with Adrian, um, some online yoga class, and then I, I walk around the neighborhood with the kids. Fantastic. And the times we jog, isn't it's just it's just awesome and. I I I have never been able to do that, so that's something that I'm able to do consistently now that I'm very thankful for.
0: And do you think I, I love your gratitude, by the way? Do you think that when you go back, if you go back, that you'll still find a way to make that time because now you know it's doable and you know it's important to you?
1: Uh, I, I would I would love to, and I would try my best to finish. So my kids have like uh, my daughter has. Uh, violin class and swimming class and taekwondo and tennis and my son has soccer and he has guitar and you know piano and so the thing is i'm the driver having to chauffeur <sighs> them up and down and then get home and then we all try to make dinner and eat it's like i'm just exhausted and like that's enough exercise for one day So I'm not sure if when, you know, all this is over, if I'm still going to make time to, you know, time for myself and just exercise like I'm doing right now. But I will try to, you know, it might not be to the same level, but I will try to maybe keep it to twice a week or something, something that's so possible.
0: I hope you do. I hope you do. Now, earlier we were talking about some of the lessons that Agile teaches us about life. In your case, the journey of a thousand miles, and some of those things. What are there areas of your life where you can use Agile outside of the office, outside of your practice?
1: Oh, oh yes. Like what? Um, one of one of the people in, on my team has a Kanban board at home. Whoa. And he uses this. I haven't done anything that. Um, crazy. That you know. you <laughs> want to say crazy? <laughs> because it works for him. I know. Uh, and you know it. I haven't done anything like that, but he really swears by it. And the kids know what's going to happen. Everybody knows, you know, the to-do, doing, done. Yeah. Everybody knows what needs to get done on a daily basis, and you know what needs to get done. You know who's doing what. You don't have to ask the kids if they've done the dishes because it's on the board. You can see it's moved to done. So that uh, seems to work. I just, you know, on my, I just ask the kids, and um, but. I I really do go back to that, you know, um, agile mindset and, and we, we do sort of have like a retrospective at home, actually come to think of it. It's not, we don't call it retrospective, but we do like a check-in at the end of every day and at the end of every week, you know, what, what did you really like about this week? What, what did you do that really worked for you?
0: It's a great idea
1: yeah what do you think you can change going into next week you know how can we help you <laughs> and um you know so we we sort of merge like a stand up with a retro somehow That's into incredible. one. but
0: you know what i use it for that i highly recommend use it for your own development so at the beginning of each week start by saying what's in my backlog to fix or improve or gain this week meaning what do i want to get better at So if you're doing those retrospectives, one of the things that may come up is you say, "Um, well, maybe I'm not so comfortable public speaking, or maybe I'm not so great at strategic planning, or maybe I'm not great at hiding my disappointment when bad things happen. And you know that that's an area you want to work on. Those are things that you can start building new habits incrementally. So this week, I'm going to check myself and make sure I don't get mad or I don't get cranky. When things go wrong and at the end of the week I'm gonna test and say of the five times that it happened the five times something went wrong how many times did I react favorably and how many times did I remember notice that I was going sideways and change my behavior before it was too late yeah
1: that's
0: great so those are little like almost like increments or experiments that you can try every week and at the end of the week you want to keep developing it great if it's in the bag you don't have to think about it anymore great if you failed and you didn't master it like some people Like me, you got to be super conscious of what you're putting, what you're feeding yourself. And it's too easy to make crappy decisions when you're in a rush, when you're busy. And I, you know, I'll start the week saying, going to do better, going to do better. Finish the week, didn't do better. So there are some that are more pressing that are going to be a lifetime to master. You just know it. That's just who you are. But the point is you're making consistent forward progress on the things that you can control and change
1: absolutely something
0: to think about
1: yeah that's great so i've uh, written that down and i'll take that away and uh, i'll
0: share that with my team as well <laughs> please do please do i hope you find it useful but most importantly um what i would love to see is more of you in the community do you do i mean we've got some open spaces coming up there's there's still the the community still thriving even though so many doors are closed so are you involved in anything
1: no, actually, I'm not. Um, well, you know what? I'm not involved in anything yet. But um, someone reached out to me about um, there is this initiative that he started called HOPS, um, Helping Other People Succeed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, he wanted me to to give a like a quick talk. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah. So I I haven't gotten back to him, but I plan to do that. So that's something I will be doing and. Um, I was at George Brown uh, College um, about a few months ago. Um, I give a talk there as well. So I'm Man. not really in the community, but I, I do what I can with uh, with the time I have. Because I tell people, there's nothing like you cannot make time. If it's something important to you, you will find time to do it. So I it. would love to do more. So you know what? That's uh, the, whole,
0: the whole point of this segment. Agile in Toronto at night yes. is to get people connected. And really amplify the local community. So I'm going to get you out to some things. So that hopefully okay. you can join us, and hopefully you can you contribute, because that's the great thing about this agile community is it's not really about one person speaking outward; it's about everyone speaking to one another. Right. So I think I'll you'll be enjoy happy.
1: That. Please yeah. uh, definitely send me those. I'll be happy to to do what i can in the community of
0: course as time permits but the point is to just you know sometimes you need someone else to give you a nudge right come on come on you come on let's go (laughs) of course so Oinken, i'm so glad to see you my friend always a pleasure to spend time with you
1: same here chris
0: and i wish you so much success continued success in the future and believe me we're going to have you back on here again
1: thank you so much chris thanks for having me
0: no problem talk to you soon there it is. Ain't she great? Keep an eye out for her. She's doing great things. Hey, listen, if you want to reach out and you got some feedback, let me know how you're enjoying the show. You can find me at badassagile.com. You can reach out on Twitter at badass underscore agile or on Instagram at badass agile. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you next time.